I'm reading tonight from Hebrews chapter 12, verses 5 through 11. I'll ask you to follow along silently with me as I read in your hearing. And ye have forgotten the exhortation which speaketh unto you as unto children. My son, despise not thou the chastening of the Lord, nor faint when thou art rebuked of him. For whom the Lord loveth, he chasteneth and scourgeth every son whom he receiveth. If ye endure chastening, God dealeth with you as with sons. For what son is he whom the Father chasteneth not? But if ye be without chastisement, whereof all are partakers, Then are ye bastards and not sons. Furthermore, we have had fathers of our flesh which corrected us, and we gave them reverence. Shall we not much rather be in subjection unto the Father of spirits and live? For they verily for a few days chastened us after their own pleasure, but He for our profit, that we might be partakers of His holiness. Now no chastening for the present seemeth to be joyous, but grievous. Nevertheless, afterward, it yieldeth the peaceable fruit of righteousness unto them which are exercised thereby. I'm sure you notice the most frequent occurring term in these verses is the word chastening or chastisement. The word as it's used in in this context seems to mean to train, to nurture, to discipline. It could carry with it the idea of correction, which regulates our character. In that light, we'd have to say it means instruction, even education. Of course, all of us are familiar with being disciplined by parents or by those God has put over us. And so I would emphasize this truth of chastisement tonight in the lives of the Lord's people, His children. If you're here and you're not a Christian, I trust that the Lord may use something in the context to help you to search your heart. Make sure you're a child of God. Make sure you're one of His own. Brother Dukes gave me permission to give a little excerpt from his testimony. It was while he was doing military service. 
He was being trained in a tank. And uh, they stayed out on the course a little too long. And uh, they lost bearings as to where they were. It was dark. His commanding officer refused to say that he was wrong. Yes, we're, I know where we're going. Everything's fine. And they plunged off of an embankment. To make a long story short, Brother Duke's tongue was nearly cut off. Thirty-two stitches. Put it back together and for a while he wondered about his speech and his ability to talk. At that time he was away from the Lord. And he said it was as clear as anything could be. The Lord seemed to say to him, if you're not going to use your tongue to glorify me, I can take care of that matter. The chastening of the Lord is a special ministry God implements in disciplining us and correcting us, bringing us back to where we need to be and even taking us further in the Christian experience. Unless God changes my mind, that's His prerogative, I'll be preaching in these services on mysterious ministries. God's ways are not our ways. But I'm interested in learning more of His ways. A friend of mine had an old timer friend and I liked to be around the old gentleman, but I couldn't get close to him. I just felt like I was still at a distance. And I said to my buddy, I said, man, I want to get close to that fellow, but I just don't, I don't feel like I'm fitting somehow into his world. And my friend said to me, Tom, you just got to get used to his ways. The Bible says that the children of Israel knew God's works, but Moses knew God's ways. The more of God's ways we're familiar with, the more intimate we can know, intimately we can know Him. I'm interested in that. And so tonight, I want to preach on the mysterious ministry of chastisement. Now according to the context, all of us who are believers are chastened from time to time. Disciplined. Corrected, instructed for the benefit of our own spiritual character. Some of us have to be disciplined a little more than others. Uh, some of us have to be dealt with a little more severely than others. But God's mysterious, unusual ministry of chastisement is said afterward to be productive. And uh, God benefits those whom He chastens. Now, let's just walk down through these verses, beginning with verse 5. 
I'd like to say several things about this mysterious ministry that God implements in the in His family. First of all, I want to say from verse 5, the ministry of chastisement is a ministry of divine faithfulness. Now, the problem with us is we are not often faithful. In fact, I would be very quick to tell you tonight, I am not here in this pulpit because of my faithfulness. But I'm here because of God's faithfulness. And here we're confronted with the fact that God does not chasten those who are right with Him. He chastens those who are wrong with Him. And He's faithful to do it. He knows our hearts. He knows our condition. There are two words in verse 5 that I would underline. The first one is despise. My son, despise not thou the chastening of the Lord. The idea is don't get a wrong attitude towards God. Somebody said, well, I'd like to do that, but I'm afraid the Lord will beat me for it. Well, the Lord's not in just a beating ministry. I wouldn't be here tonight if that was the case. Some of you wouldn't be here. But uh, don't get a wrong attitude towards God's chastisement. He's faithful and He knows when we are not faithful And so He deals with us as children, as His sons. Despise not. And then He said in the last part of verse 5, Nor faint. I'm going to add the word not there. Firstly, despise not. Secondly, faint not. The idea is, not only don't get the wrong attitude, But don't get a weary attitude. Don't get tired of God dealing with you. It's one of the most blessed things on planet earth. That God will not leave us where we are. We can get satisfied sometimes. But God is not satisfied unless we are hungering and thirsting after Him. And so He is faithful. Look at that first phrase again. You've forgotten. You've forgotten the exhortation which speaketh unto you as unto children. Oh, don't we often have memory lapses. But the Lord is faithful. And we should not despise His chastening work. We should not faint when we're rebuked of Him. We should not get weary and tired of God's dealings. Come to verse number 6 and we learn another lesson about the mysterious ministry of chastisement. It is not only a ministry of divine faithfulness, 
But in verse 6 we learn that it is a ministry of divine favor. Why does God chasten us? Is it just to straighten us out? Well, that's one of the great ends of this ministry. But He chastens us because He loves us. Verse 6, For whom the Lord loveth, He chasteneth, and scourgeth every son whom He receiveth. Some people leave the impression that God is just mad at us. No, He loves us. Somebody said, well, Brother Tom, God's dealing with me and God's rebuking me and, and God is disciplining me. How should I respond to that? Thank Him for loving you enough to deal with you. He loveth those He chasteneth. Now, my daddy told me when he whipped me, that it was hurting him more than it was hurting me, and I never believed it. <laughs> I don't know that he always did right in some of the whippings I got, but I never disputed him. No, oh, sir, I knew he was my daddy, buddy. And he was going to exercise his fatherly rights on my childlike body. I know, I know that if we had lived 30, 40 years later, my dad could have been accused of child abuse. But the truth is he loved me. He didn't want me to end up being a drunkard. He didn't want me to end up being a rebel. He didn't want me to end up being a, a God-hater and a Bible despiser. He was trying to head me in the right direction. Somebody said, I'll tell you, my daddy may have been trying to head me in the right direction, but he did the wrong. But somehow God still used it for your benefit. And so I say God chastens out of favor and loving kindness. <laughs> Look at those two terms. For whom the Lord loveth. There's His affection for us. Favor with affection. And then He said, and He not only chasteneth, but He scourgeth every son whom He receiveth. There's His acceptance. I'm going to tell you, you don't go beating around on the neighbor's children. That won't work. I, I, know, of, I, I know of a few neighbor's children that need to be worked over. I told my wife some time ago, Honey, we better be easy on that boy. He's liable to end up being our son-in-law. Boy down the street, you know. I want to tell you there's a God in heaven who scourgeth His children because He, he receives them. He accepts them. They're His. And He does it in love. 
There's the affection of His favor and there's the acceptance of His favor. I didn't understand it when Dad whipped me, but He was doing it because I was His boy. I was not the neighbor's boy. I was Dad's boy. And it was to my good. He was in His way trying to head me off from catastrophe. This brings me to a third emphasis in verse 7 and 8. I've already emphasized his fatherhood, but let's underline it a moment. Verse 7, if you endure chastening, God dealeth with you as with sons. For what son is he whom the father chasteneth not? Somebody said, well, the Lord never has dealt with me. I feel like I can do about anything I want to do. I would make my calling an election sure. Recently, a dear friend of mine preached a meeting in your state. Not a, I'm not throwing anything against your state, it's just giving the location. It could have happened in my back door. But the Sunday before he started the meeting, a controversy was stirred in the church. You know what it was about? A man who had a leadership role was teaching a Sunday school class and he said very plainly, there is nothing wrong with committing adultery as long as your husband doesn't know about it. As long as your wife doesn't know about it. So I said, what would you do? He and I would be in trouble. That's what we would be in. Does that mean it's alright to kill somebody as long as my wife don't know it? I mean the same God that said thou shalt not commit adultery said thou shalt not kill. We could go on and on. And this brother asked me, he said, Tom, what do you think? He said he just keeps telling folks that God's not going to judge and God's not going to deal with them. That it's alright to do this. I said it sounds to me like he's not a member of the family that I'm a member of. So I would emphasize thirdly, this mysterious ministry of chastisement is not only a ministry of divine faithfulness. God hasn't forgotten you. He's faithful to help you and deal with you and it's a ministry of divine favor. He deals with us in love. But it is also a ministry of divine fatherhood. He's our Father. And more than that, He's God. And He has the rights to do as He pleases. And so we see His dealings. His dealings. Let me say this about my dad. I I got into some trouble when I was in high school. It's none of your business what it was about. But uh, they they were talking about kicking me off the ball teams and kicking me out of school. It was going to be on my record, which it was when I got to college. It was the first thing I was asked about when I was brought before my counselor. And... uh, I, I I was a big old boy and thought I was tough. But I'm going to tell you, when they got to talking about all that was going to happen to me, 
I raised my hand in that library which they had turned into a courtroom. And I said to the principal, Mr. Champion, and I said it with quivering lips, I said, if you have to kick me out of school, I think I can deal with that. And though I love playing ball more than I love eating, if you have to kick me off the ball teams, I, I can deal with that. And if you have to put it on my, uh, my record, I can deal with that. But I said, Mr. Champion, please don't tell my daddy. Are you listening? My daddy was shorter than me at that time. But he had my complete respect. By the way, he still does. He's 86 and can hardly shuffle to the bathroom. And I, I, I'm part of the family weekly schedule. We feed him on Thursday, feed mother and dad on Thursdays and Fridays, and the other family members pick up other days. I said to my dad the other day, and he can't hardly remember, you know, anything. But uh, I said to him, Dad, I said, I I'll see you again tomorrow. He looked at me right sternly and he said, Lord willing. <laughs> I said, you're right, you're right. Lord willing, Dad. Lord willing. <laughs> He's still my dad. And so... When the Father is chastening us, it involves His special dealings. Then in verse 8, it involves His special declaration. But if ye be without chastisement, whereof all are partakers, then are ye bastards or illegitimate and not sons. The person that seems to never be checked and never be dealt with, and never feels guilty, and never is condemned by the Holy Spirit, and drawn to get right with God, and if need be, get right with the church. They have an illegitimate profession of faith. They're not genuinely part of the family of God. They're not sons. They're not sons. He's our Father, and He deals with His sons and His daughters. <laughs> I, I heard evangelist Ed Corn preach one time. Brother Ed could take, uh, by the way, he's a country preacher, mountain preacher, but boy, he was a stickler for correct grammar. He talked to me about it early on as an evangelist. But he could make a turn on words and, and press his point. And he gave his title one night, and he said, I guess for a subtitle, I'm preaching tonight on God don't have any spoiled youngins. Well, that's a double negative, you know. But uh, he got his point across. No, God doesn't have any spoiled children. He chastens us. He disciplines us. 
Look at verse number 9. Here's a fourth emphasis. Furthermore, we have had fathers of our flesh which corrected us and we gave them reverence. Yeah, some of you have already nodded your head when I talked about this daddy thing. We gave them reverence. Shall we not much rather be in subjection unto the Father of spirits and live? I'll talk about that living emphasis in just a moment. But it seems to me that the message here is that this mysterious ministry of chastisement is not only a ministry of divine faithfulness and a ministry of divine favor and a ministry of divine fatherhood, but it is a ministry of divine fear. I don't mean by that that we ought to be scared of God. There is a fear that is slavish. It makes you, puts you in bondage. Uh, we recently just had a little account given to us. There's a dear man in our community, and I say it respectfully, but he's lost his mind. He's in the hospital right now. He's a great man. I've known him all my life. He gave me my first guitar. Or guitar, according to where you're from. And he's in the hospital tonight. He's had some... He knows the Bible backwards and forwards. But it's been interesting during this time when he's been plagued with mental problems. He's not quoted any of the positive verses. He's quoted all the negative verses. He feels like God is judging him. And his wife has taken on that same idea. She she said recently to her daughter, she said, I think Daddy must have done something that we don't know about and God is judging him for it. Oh, that's not the case at all. We're feeble and frail. I could snap while I'm preaching to you tonight. I think I feel a little jerk now. <laughs> I hope you'll laugh because I have been there before. You either laugh about it or cry about it. We decide what you want to do. I want to tell you, God has not in, He does not intend for you and me to live in slavish fear, in bondage, but He is to be reverenced. So I say, well, I'm saved. Now you don't have to worry about me. I'm saved. Yeah, but if you've got a rebellious spirit, if you've got a, a determined attitude against God, what makes you think you're saved? Just because you got a Sunday school pen or something? No. They that know God reverence Him. And He chastens us so that we will better reverence Him. Uh, I, I don't want to just give personal testimony, but I want to tell you tonight, I know by personal experience, God is my Father. Amen. 
And he's more than one time put a reverence in my spirit towards him. May I add, it also involves a matter of respect. He, he can even take our lives if he pleases. The book of Acts gives testimony after testimony of that. He's a consuming fire. This God with whom we have to do loves us as His children. He loves us as our Father. But oh, He must have our reverence and our respect. And if we say, if we're really saved, I believe this with all my heart, if we're really saved and we rise up in rebellion and say no to God, it could be He would take our lives. He has that right. That last breath you and I took, weren't they were not on, on uh, out of our account, they were out of His account. The fear of God. We come then to those last two verses, verses 10 and 11. I'm talking to you about the mysterious ministry of chastisement. God channels through chastisement to show us His faithfulness and His favor and His fatherhood and even His fear, that fear that He appreciates and loves in His people. Before we leave, I'd like to underline verse number 10. For they, that is our parents, he's referred primarily to fathers, verily for a few days chastened us after their own pleasure. The word, the wording here, after their own pleasure, indicates as it seemed good to them. <laughs> On many occasions, it did not seem good to me. <laughs> Daddy would say, go on back there in that room. I'll be back there in a few minutes. Lord have mercy. I reckon I was getting prepared for waiting in the doctor's office all these years because I learned how to wait till he got ready. But woe unto me when he got ready. Somebody said that their father believed in the stripes and the stars. He gave the stripes and they saw the stars. <laughs> These last two verses indicate that God disciplines us for our profit. Our fathers did it as it seemed good to them. But He for our profit that we might be partakers of His holiness. Now no chastening for the present seemeth to be joyous but grievous. Nevertheless, afterward it yieldeth the peaceable fruit of righteousness unto them which are exercised thereby. Here we're reminded that the mysterious ministry of chastisement is the ministry of divine fruitfulness. Talks about our profit. Then he talks about the peaceable fruit of righteousness. Seems to me that the two basic themes here is that God firstly is going to produce fruit 
that is pure, that we might be partakers of His holiness. Why does God deal with me? In fact, have you found this? You know, God said to Noah, Noah or Adam, Adam, where art thou? It wasn't that God didn't know where Adam was. Adam didn't know where Adam was. And God called him. Asked by question. And often Jesus would ask his disciples questions. You know, I'm a pretty good I'm a pretty good Christian, Pastor. Pretty good boy until the Lord goes asking me a bunch of questions. That's another ram's none of your business. But sometimes he says, Tom, now why did you have that attitude? Why did you think that about that man? Why did you say that? I was doing pretty good till he put me in the corner and asked me some questions. But it's all for my profit that he might help me partake more of his holiness. He wants the fruit in our lives to be pure fruit. Good fruit. <laughs> now I live in apple country. And I know, I know, I've, I've done it. I've worked with them. I know how it happens. These nice little roadside stands. We know how to fix the baskets. You put the pretty apples on top. You turn the bruised one towards the bottom. So when those folks are on vacation from Fort Pierce, Stop by. You, you sink. You, you, you put that hook in them. Look at these beautiful apples. Or, or when someone comes down from Detroit. Or wherever. I want to tell you, God's not interested in rotten fruit in your life and in mine. He wants purity. He wants purity. And notice, He not only wants pure fruit, He wants peaceable fruit. Now you can say, well, you'd have to know my daddy if you want to know why I'm the way I'm. You can blame it on your daddy all you want to. Well, my mama's people, they just got a strange turn about You can blame it on your mama's crowd all you want to. The fact is... Our Heavenly Father is out to make us peaceable in the kingdom. Those who are divisive are those who have question marks on them. Somebody's not right who wants to divide, who wants to stir it up a little more. In fact, down in verse 14, he adds these two principles again. Follow peace with all men and holiness without which no man shall see the Lord. I believe that applies to the future for sure, but it applies right now. I want to see the Lord work now. I want to see His hand um, manifested now. I want to see Him in His grace. 
But it's not without purity of life. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. So said Jesus. The mysterious ministry of chastisement. <laughs> really, I think looking back, when my dad whipped me, I sort of knew how to handle it. I knew, knew. I mean, it always hurt. It always bothered me. But it was when my mom disciplined me that it really broke my heart. My mom has had uh, somewhat of a rheumatoid arthritis since I was probably five years of age. And now she is, her hands are all gnarled and, and she's twisted. It hurts me to see her try to get up. She can only stand up about three minutes max at a time. She, then she has to lean on the table or the, or the counter or sit down. And... Uh, when Dad would whip me, he'd usually use a belt or a switch. But when Mom would whip me, she'd use those gnarled hands. There was something about her using hands that I knew hurt her to whip me that would tear me up. And I said on many occasions, Tom, don't let your mama whip you again. You don't need to feel like this. It bothered me. And I hold it. I want you to think with me. When the Lord disciplines us, is it not through the wounded hands of the Lord Jesus who died for our sins? If it Broke my heart that my mother would whip me with those gnarled hands. Oh, should it not disturb my heart and break me that the Lord Jesus who was wounded for my transgressions would by His wounds collect me and build me. Oh, that it might not be that we have to have constant, advanced, severe chastisement. That we might submit to His love Yield to His ways. Sort of a mysterious thing, isn't it? But ah, oh, there's a ministry in chastisement. I read that last verse again. Now no chastening for the present seemeth to be joyous, but grievous. Nevertheless, afterward, it yieldeth the peaceable fruit of righteousness unto them which are exercised thereby. You've been so kind. Would you stand with me, please? Your heads are bowed. Your eyes are closed.